Hello, this is Bill Imany. Hi, and this is Katie Weirich. Thanks for joining today. Absolutely. Today we're going to talk about exploration and production companies, or otherwise known as upstream companies, business software systems. Yeah, there's a bunch out there. And we previously published a state of the ERP for more um, standard common industries, and, and that's out there and available. If, if you're interested, please send us an email. We'll get that sent to you. But today we're going to focus on these EMP systems specifically, the nuances, um, and really just talking through our experience with them. Yes, and it's really it's somewhat complex on the surface yet, but when we dive into this, hopefully we'll simplify or as best we can what the landscape looks like today. And we're going to share with you some um, frank, uh, I'll say frank and honest uh, perspectives on what's happening in the industry from a software perspective. And really when we talk about software, we're talking about the software that enables all the business processes within an E&P company. So that could include production revenue, it could include the jib, the land piece is a, a very big part, and, and which system should be integrated with the next. So if you have your drilling information management systems and, and uh, economics, reservoir, um, how do those talk to each other, and wh what are we seeing in the industry today? Yeah, and frankly, when you look outside exploration and production in the manufacturing world, there are ERP systems out there that span, and they can do everything for a manufacturing company pretty much. Um, or if you step into a services type company or financial services, there's a lot of enterprise software out there that's, uh, that services them. However, in the exploration and production industry, th there really is no single one solution that does everything. And if you ever have a software company that says, we can do everything for you, I would be skeptical. How about you, Katie? Yeah, some of these companies do say they can do everything, and that's where we believe that they can do everything, but when you have this, this mass quantity of systems that one company provides, you're not getting the same level of support or functionality than more of the, the specialized systems that kind of just focus on one small piece of the, the business instead of trying to, to do everything all at once. Yeah, and it's sort of like going to a restaurant. How many times have you been to a really good restaurant where they have like 500 items on the menu? Usually that's a good sign that it's a bunch of mediocre stuff that might have been... Uh, frozen a couple minutes ago, right? <laughs> but then you have like the chef special where it's just the one thing that he's bringing out and, and it's his, um, the best dish. And that's what we're seeing um, works best for a lot of companies is when a, a company has just one um, product and that's what their focus is. And um, our clients seem to like it because the support is great as well. They have the resources at the um, system providing company to support the client and, and really make sure that not just initially through implementation, but then long term, you're able to have the support that you need. So today, we're going to help you leave with what are the best dishes to get out there from the different uh, software solution providers out there in the exploration, production, in um, oil and gas space. So um, really, if you think about an exploration and production company, they're really involved in two activities. One is on the exploration side is actually finding oil and gas and identifying it, and then taking that information and, and having drilling projects and then actually producing it so and then transporting it. So if you look at all those steps, they're completely different. And today, we're not going to talk too much about the, I'll call it the front-end ge geological and geophysical systems, otherwise known as, known as the technical G&G &G systems. Um, frankly, there's really two major providers out there, Halliburton Schlumberger, and there's um, usually if you... Uh, your geologist or geophysicist will tell you which one's better. And, and they're going to have a preference regardless of which one you have. Um, it'll be probably the opposite of what your engineer is wanting. Right. So today we're going to really be talking about production systems, the uh, field data capture, um, production surveillance, production accounting, revenue accounting, the regulatory reporting piece, and then uh, also be talking about land, land management, land lease, contracts, GIS, and then uh, joint interest billing, was, so when you have joint venture partnerships, and then getting into the authorization for expenditure or the capital type um, tracking uh, products out there, fixed assets, asset management, accounts payable, general ledger, financial reporting, supply, ch and, uh, supply chain, and then a lot of the work order, invoice routing, data exchange, marketing, and drilling information management systems. So Phew. that's a lot. That is a lot. But we're going to get through this quickly. But here's the good news, though, folks. Uh, we actually have a write-up of this available on the Trinity website at trinity.com, and it's the 2019-2020 
state of the EMP systems. Um, and you can email us at info at trinity.com to get a copy of that. But, so today we're going to talk about those systems, and really what we want to talk about is, so if you look at the EMP environment today, um, the companies that are out there, you have the, the majors, of course, and then you have the, you know, with the majors with Exxon, um, Chevron, which they're involved in all aspects of energy, particularly oil and gas, and then you have the major independents, your, your Anadarkos, your Devon Southwestern Energies, and then you have your, I'll, I'll say, smaller independents. And when we look at the, the solution providers that are out there, we tend to divide them up into two categories. One is Tier 1 and the other is Tier 2. So what we mean by Tier 1 are really systems that are geared towards your, either your majors or your major independents or maybe even your larger uh, private exploration and production companies where you're operating um, and drilling thousands of wells and you might be in, operating in several different basins. So really we're talking about those domestic providers from a Tier 1 perspective. And then when we talk about Tier 2, um, we're talking about maybe the smaller players that may be operating in one or two basins, maybe have hundreds of wells or less, and maybe a fewer joint venture partners, and op they don't need that scalability, but they still need a system to be able to uh, produce uh, royalty checks and be able to manage their land agreements and production. So. Um, some of the tier one players, Katie, maybe talk a couple about what some of those are and and who are the kind of the major ones out there. Sure. So um, SAP is of course our, our tier one option. Um, they are are the biggest player in the game. Um, on top of that, we have P2, um, Corum, and Inertia as, as kind of our main tier one um, systems that we're looking at. And within each of these tier one companies, they have multiple applications that are available. So for SAP, um, we can start with the SAP, um, the the SA for HANA. Yeah, and and I'll so if you look at SAP, SAP has been around a long time. They are very strong in um, a lot of industries. But what they um, years ago they bought a um, from Price Waterhouse, they bought a system called Premass, which then they turned into their IS oil product. And kind of the center of all of that is your production and revenue, or PRA, production and revenue accounting solution. Um, so when you when you look at that, a, a lot of the I'll call it the major oil and gas companies use SAP, and they use the SAP PRA or IS oil product now um, because they have other requirements. They're international. They also have refineries, which is almost like manufacturing. They have uh, logistics and supply networks in the midstream space. So an SAP solution is great for them because they're able to use those other capabilities. When you step outside of that and you're a domestic um, oil and gas uh, producer, um, you're, you're really looking at the SAP PRA module plus their core financials. So um, when, when, and just be, be aware when we use the word SAP PRA or IS oil, it's actually a separate module from your core SAP financials. So typically what will happen in a company is I've got my SAP financials, which are my, my um, uh, general ledger, my fixed assets, I'm doing the depreciation, financial reporting, but then I have my production revenue accounting module, the PRA module sitting next to it. I'm just doing, I'm oversimplifying, but a simple journal entry to book your um, production and revenue um, entries. Um, understand that, um, and, and, and by the way, it's, this is all in the, what SAP calls their S4 HANA platform, which is their um, state-of-the-art uh, you know, database platform that how, how they operate. And it, it works extremely well and it's very scalable, so they have no problem scaling up from, from that perspective. And that's a great point because what we're seeing is a lot of companies either you know, divested and they have SAP still from a bigger company that they were a part of. So now it is too robust or too customized for their operations, and that's why it doesn't work. Um, but then what we're also seeing is companies that go into SAP and decide we're growing, we're ready for SAP, this is the biggest, best um, system out there. Um, the, it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse thing where it's so big, everything has to be customized. That's why it's so great is because it's so robust, but that means there's a lot of configurations and a lot of setup is required initially, um, and then it has to be maintained through upgrades. So it's a great product. It's the biggest, the best, um, but it, it does require a lot of maintenance, and it's not necessarily the best um, application for everybody. Yeah, and I, I would say largely if you look at SAP, the implementation of that 
and the support of that tends to be higher than their competitors from a cost perspective. Because think about it this way. Um, if I buy a, a car, an automobile with a lot more functionality, and that does a lot more things and something goes wrong, it's usually not one thing that goes wrong, several things go wrong. Or if I've got to rebuild or redo something um, or maintain something, it always costs more. I've got to take five more parts off to be able to fix that one or just change the oil. And so look at SAP that way. The second thing to uh, be aware of with SAP is the PRA module. It's almost a platform. It is a very scalable platform for uh, production and revenue accounting. However, um, a lot of organizations have to customize it because you get into these complex delivery networks and special rules and business rules around allocations, and a lot of companies have had to customize the PRA module to get it fit for them. So what's happened is SAP, actually, there's uh, several um, companies out there that actually will work alongside the um, SAP systems integrator and provide those customization services to make sure it works for the company. Um, but those customization services tend to never go away and you always need that support and that help. So with the, with the uh, fancy uh, Lamborghini, you're going to spend a little bit extra, but you get a nice system, that, but it's going to cost you something mm -hmm. to get that in. Um, but again, SAP is a great product. The company is going to be around a long time and it's not going anywhere and they've always they can always find resources which is which is nice from an SAP perspective but you got to pay for it so when EMP companies think, you think about oil and gas prices you got to be able to scale up and scale down especially if you're scaling down and you're doing any type of divestitures at some point then you're left with uh, or even you have you're in a declining production environment and at some point you realize I've got to recover those costs you might find that SAP is not the right answer again your or international company, great solution. Mm -hmm. Any other comments about SAP? Katie? No, no, I think they got it. Um, so moving on next to to P2, um, P2 Energy Solutions is the name of the company, and they have a lot of different um, products and applications that they provide. Um, they've been around for a while, so since 2004, um, they have been kind of picking. Uh, different applications up and making it their own. And what they do really well is when they pick up an application or they buy a system or a company, integrating it in with their existing suite of applications is, is something that you know that you're going to get. So the, all the applications, whether it's a LAN system, um, the ERP, the um, production data, the gathering, all of that um, will be able to talk to their other applications um, out of the box, which is great. Yeah, so look at P2, though, almost as a, um, a suite of options, right? So P2 started out in the ERP space buying Excalibur. Excalibur's been around a long time, um, and then they brought in Oracle Energy's, um, and they call it Enterprise Upstream product. Then they purchased a nice package called Bolo. So really, those are kind of the three core alternatives a company has when looking at P2. So earlier, we talked about Tier 1. Tier 2, well, P2's Enterprise Upstream, or EU, we'll refer to as, that's kind of their, I'll call it their Tier 1 solution for larger independent oil and gas companies, very scalable, nice solution for your um, core, um, I'll call it revenue, JIB, accounting needs. Um, and then stepping down, you have P2 Bolo, which, they again, they acquired, that's a nice Tier 2 solution for smaller uh, I'll call it more nimble companies that may not have the complex delivery networks, may not have complexity in their with their joint venture agree agreements, and it might be they might be operating in one or two basins. Um, the third one, that P2 Excalibur, that's been around the longest. Um, unfortunately, they it, a lot of companies have been moving off of that and moving to other competing platforms. Excalibur, they have not put a lot of effort into keeping Excalibur up to date, and um, our clients are basically telling us that they're, it seems like old technology and they want to move off of it. And a lot of them are either migrating to P2 Enterprise Upstream or a Quorum or an SAP. Or even one of their competitors. Uh, or inertia mm -hmm. from there. So um, if, if you're going looking for a solution, if you're a Tier 2, I would take a look at P2's Bolo solution for sure. If you're looking for more, I'll call it higher horsepower, something compared to an SAP, definitely look at Enterprise Upstream. And um, Katie, maybe talk a little bit about the components of Enterprise Upstream, what that means and what that looks like. Sure. So Enterprise Upstream is, um, as as you mentioned, Bill, the EMP 
accounting aspect of um, an ERP system. So it doesn't have the core functionality of the, the GL, the AP, the AR reporting. Um, that is bolted on to the EU application. So they have to buy that from somebody else. Exactly. Then. A lot of times it'll be Oracle. Um, that's what we've seen. It's compatible with SAP. Um, just basically finding a, a core ERP that... But it could be anything, though. It could be Microsoft. But but you mentioned Oracle because they used to be part of Oracle Energy, right? Exactly. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And it's funny there because right now um, what we're seeing is kind of a big struggle that our clients are having when it is an Oracle application that's integrated with EU is when there's an issue that's identified, you don't really know. They're so well integrated. You don't really know which system is causing the issue. So P2 sometimes will say, well, that's not us. Um, that's an Oracle issue, and then Oracle will come back and say, well, no, that's a P2 issue. And it's really hard to kind of pinpoint where it is and how to fix it. Um, because you don't have one company supporting the whole application, you kind of have to um, do some investigating in order to kind of figure out. And, and also upgrades are, are a little bit more difficult because of that as well. But, again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because no. I, you, you look at you look at P Oracle, I mean, um, <coughs> P2's Enterprise Upstream, their revenue accounting Jib accounting, their their whole I'll call it E and P accounting specific stuff. It's almost going back to the chef special. That's kind of the fantastic application, highly scalable. Our clients love it. Right. There are in 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 that world, and so there's a trade-off where if I said, well, okay, I'm going to go to a single vendor solution, say SAP, and but I'm going to lose that trade-off with SAP with PRA versus P2's Enterprise Upstream, P2's Enterprise Upstream. A, we, we tend to hear a lot more better reviews, more positive in terms of being able to um, have it come out of the box and do the regulatory reporting, do the do the um, di distributions that need to be done, even if they're unique and different. P2 has been able to handle them more so with less customization. And they do keep it updated as well. So there's a lot of support around EU, um, especially you mentioned regulatory reporting. Those reports change constantly, quarterly, annually. And so they're constantly coming out with new patches for these reports or new releases to um, just support any of the bugs or fixes. Um, they take the, the customer feedback and they incorporate that into different rounds of um, upgrades that they roll out over time. So it's um, constantly changing, but in a good way. Yeah, and it, it's a fantastic platform. Again, I would not let the idea of, well, um, and you need a different common ERP system that has the GL and that type of thing, because frankly, the interface between your E&P core accounting stuff and your general accounting stuff is typically a journal entry, and it's not that big of a deal. Right. I think the issues that um, you had in the past where they were joined at the hip with Oracle, that's where they had some of those issues. But now that it's companies, are, they might have an SAP or a Microsoft or an IFS bolted on to P2. They're, they're happy with that solution. Um, again, we talked about EU. Um, we're not going to get too much into Bolo, but if you're a if you're a, a smaller EMP company, Bolo should be on your short list of companies that you're you're looking at. Um, the nice thing about Bolo is um, it has I'll call it all of the accounting modules. It has a general account. It comes with general accounting. It comes with your fixed assets. It comes with a mini AFE. It comes with everything for a mid-sized company. So essentially, um, if you're a um, a, a smaller EMP company you need something that's going to provide you all that accounting stuff, your land, your revenue, all that stuff. It 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 has that all in the Bolo solution, which is kind of nice. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and same with Excalibur. So Excalibur also has kind of that that full suite of um, functionality, the the both common ERP functionality as well as the EMP specific um, functions where you have the revenue and jib and land. Um, it is, again, just a, a tier two solution, a little bit smaller, um, and does seem to be kind of on its way out. It's not as supported as we've seen a lot of the other applications in the P2 suite. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I would not, I'm not sure I'd have that one on my short list, but I definitely have Bolo for the smaller ones. Mm -hmm. But let's also talk about a little more about P2 offers, too, which is, um, they have a nice production uh, application, which fits nicely with P2EU and can be integrated with that, or it can be standalone, but they also have their P2 LAN solution, which are two, I'll call it world-class, um, I'll call it enterprise-class 
um, EMP solutions that can be used with any type of accounting system or any type of environment. Mm -hmm. And maybe let's talk about their with the P2 Merrick suite, right? Their right. production suite. Right. So you mentioned both Merrick, um, the production suite, and then the land suite. Um, both are are the I would say the biggest focus of P2 right now in terms of improving the application and, and rolling it out to companies. So in the Merrick's week back in 2014, I believe it was, they, they acquired a company called Merrick. And in that suite of applications, you have ProCount, you have Even, and you have Carte. And just to break it down, um, ProCount is the actual production accounting um, aspect of the, the application itself. So it does all the production allocations, and even is um, the field data capture uh, tool, and then Carte provides more of the, the inside look into the allocations and allows users to kind of visualize the production data in different formats. So that's what's included in the suite. They're all very integrated. It's, it's very um, um, intuitive, and, and the end users seem to like it a lot as well. And there's companies that use the Merrick suite that aren't even on the P2 accounting platform. So mm -hmm. if you're, for example, you're looking at SAP, you're going to need a production, I'll call it someone do your daily production, uh, production surveillance type activities, and you're probably going to end up bolting on a Merrick or, a, or something else along those lines, uh, maybe a Peloton or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and probably the same goes for P2 land as well. And talk a little about P2 land, Katie, in terms of where um, the originations of that and, and how, kind of how that fits in. Yeah, so P2 land is what they call it now, but a lot of people in the industry know it as Tobin. So it's Tobin is um, P2's original land application, and what they've done is they've taken that um, somewhat outdated backend of Tobin and recreated it using the same database, and now it's called P2 land. So they've completely revamped it. Um, it, it looks and feels very different, but it functions very similar. Um, a lot so it's of just as good. So if you like Tobin back then, you're going to love P2 land. It's a bigger and badder Tobin. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, and so we've seen a lot of people moving that direction into P2 land because not only does it have the lease uh, data and contracts applications um, where they um, can can do their monthly calendars or payments or receivables and managing their leases there, which is great. But it also has a division order functionality. They call it domain. And you can have your revenue um, and your JIB decks, um, your entitlement decks um, stored in P2 land and integrated to any other system, your accounting system, whether it is P2EU or one of the other P2 products or a different application, um, the integrations for P2Land, it is, from what we've seen, has been um, impressive. Good, good. Well, I, you know, so let's move on from P2. And so we talked about SAP. Um, we talked about P2. There's two other major players out there. The other one is uh, Quorum. And Quorum uh, was, was started back in, the, in uh, 1998. And they started out it with um, as a gas um, uh, a, a gas marketing solution where they uh, with tips and then um, in in the two thousands they actually developed a um, they, they actually purchased the the uh, quorum I'm sorry the quorum land solution but then they also um, have have what's called their my quorum accounting where they've done all the I'll call the production revenue accounting and uh, the uh, jib and um, AFE type stuff and then. Um, and, and kind of pulled that into play. So they, they actually, <clears throat> out of all the kind of top ones, um, they have a lot, they, 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 they span a lot of functionality into even into well economics too, mm -hmm. the Quorum solution does. Um, <clears throat> from a market share perspective, uh, they, they don't have quite the market share that a P2 or an SAP does. Um, and if you look at a lot of Quorum's, Quorum's marketing materials, um, you know, of course, they're, they're um, uh, flying on the coattails of the TIP solution, which is in hundreds and hundreds of companies um, that are using the uh, gas plant accounting solution that they have. But uh, their quorum is, uh, their revenue solution is picking up market share, and they're, they seem to be doing better mm -hmm. out there. Um, yeah, and, and their my quorum accounting is similar to P2, how they have multiple uh, ERP solutions. Uh, my quorum accounting is one of their solutions that they've had for, for a while, and it's, it is bigger and more robust, and that's what I, I believe they're pushing um, to, to their clients right now. But uh, in recent news, they just acquired OGSYS, which is very known in the industry. Um, it's OGSYS, so it's capital O, capital G, S-Y-S, for those people that don't know what... Yes, yeah. OGIS is what people call it, OGSYS. Well, it's now Quorum OGSYS. Okay. And um, what 
what OGSIS is and what, how we've seen it be used in the past is for smaller companies. So it has all-in-one, you know, the APGL, common ERP functionality, plus the EMP-specific functionality, revenue, JIBDEX. It's very simple. So it is for small companies, you know, if you don't have um, too complex of allocations or operations, multiple basins. Um, OGSIS is a great product. Um, I really like it. Um, but what people are concerned with with this acquisition is the level of support. So OGSIS has always provided spectacular support. That's like their shining star. That's what they're most known for. Um, and I think what their clients are most concerned about right now is is possibly losing that because they're going with the big company of Quorum. Yeah, and, and that's to be determined, right? Everybody always gets concerned. Somebody's buying them. I get the same support and all that. Right. So that's kind of a TBD and, and what happens and how Quorum handles that. Um, that's left up to them and their strategy. Mm -hmm. But look at OGSIS as maybe a competitor to Bolo. Um, that is Quorum's tier two solution. Um, it, it is limited just like Bolo. I mean, if you if you have multiple legal entities or any type of complex financial structure, you're probably not going to want to steer towards an, o, an OGSIS, maybe something a little bigger. But if it's a simple single basin type um, operation, we've got a client that operates in one basin and um, they love OGSIS. It's mm -hmm. very fit for purpose for them. It does everything they need from an accounting land um, perspective. It's simple and it's user friendly, and that's right. what the users really like about it. Yeah, yeah. And then um, again, we talked about TIPS um, a little while ago as their gas plan accounting solution, which is used by a lot of um, oil and gas companies um, and midstream companies. Um, Quorum Land, of course, is one of their marquee solutions as well, which is also called QLS. And if you ask SAP to tell you what land solution they would partner with, usually um, Quorum is on their on their list of their mm -hmm. recommended um, application for um, land. And we, we have learned great things about the Quorum land system as well. Mm -hmm. um, it is very robust, similar to a lot of the Quorum applications. It is um, the big, bright system, but with that comes some cost. And so it, there may be a better fit-for-purpose system, um, just depending on the company, the size, and your existing systems. Um, I'm I'm not too familiar with the integrations with Quorum Land, but um, if you have an existing P2 system, it may make the most sense to to implement and look at other options before just jumping to the biggest, best, um, most well-known land system, which which I would say is QLS in the industry. Right, and <clears throat> so the other thing that's unique about Quorum, they also offer a um, business process out outsourcing um, solution that. Um, where if, let's say, that you don't want to have your own accounting and land staff and you want to outsource that, Quorum um, will handle that as well as part of their solution. So um, it's kind of nice, and we'll see if they end up doing that with OGSYS. That would be a nice uh, mm -hmm. package for the smaller EMP companies. Well, let's move on to the kind of fourth and final, I'll say last, kind of tier one solution mm -hmm. um, it are, is um, inertia. Inertia has um, been around since 1983, believe it or not. And they're still pretty small. I mean, the company itself, they keep it small, but they have great people. I think they're um, they're pretty picky about who's going to be a part of the team. And so they, they haven't, um, in terms of their company, blown up. They've kept it to the one application, which is inertia. They haven't gone out and acquired a bunch of different applications um, and tried to make it their own. They've built each of the applications themselves, and they are there to support it. Yeah, and, and when we say small, what, they, what they've done is, Really, if you look at their people, it's um, it's the, the team that's developing and supporting the application, not necessarily in a huge sales force or something like that, um, which is good. I don't, frankly, if I'm an EMP company, I don't want a, co a company with a bunch of salespeople. I want people supporting, developing, know improving, the system. and they know it. Um, they know their system quite well. Um, and here, the nice thing that uh, we've liked about Inertia is. Every time they do something new for a client, or it's a new regulatory report or a new state, that's available for all their other clients. So the nice thing about Inertia is it's a integrated package. So it's got the common ERP, your AP, um, your uh, fixed, GL, ass, your fixed assets, yeah, and your revenue accounting, land. Um, it, it's got some AFE capabilities and the like. I think the issue you get into, and again, this goes back to the restaurant analogy, Inertia has a lot of stuff, right, and they have the common ERP, but if you're a um, company that's got a robust uh, supply chain network and you need some more advanced procurement capabilities, 
inertia, you're probably going to need to do something else besides that. Now, I'm going to say that with the caveat that pretty much happens with every solution, whether it's SAP or P2 or wherever you go, there's always some bolt-ons that people put on top. We'll talk about the bolt-ons towards the end, but um, the, the one thing to note about inertia is um, they, they, they don't come across as your slick salesman. They don't have pretty presentations and, and all that stuff, and I think some people are waiting for that and expecting that, and when they don't see it, they're kind of some, some, we had some underwhelmed or, or, or turned off maybe, and which is, I would not dismiss inertia because they don't have slick. Uh, th that slickness on the sales side. And, I would, and what they do is they provide a lot of information about their applications and what they can do and a lot of detail up front. And so you really learn a lot about what they can and can't do. And the nice thing is they've been proven to be scalable for companies. And, you know, where I've heard people complain about um, inertia typically isn't really with the software per se. It has to it more so with they just didn't get their business process right or they didn't implement it fully or do the right things. I've, I've got, we've got some clients that use part of inertia for something and they don't use it for something else. And you ask why, they just, well, they never got around to implementing that. The other thing with inertia is there are many ways to do one thing. And so that is great because it, it gives your users options on how they prefer to, to run the process or, or run the allocations, whatever it is. Um, but once you define that process, to your point, Bill, um, it's very easy to use and it, it can do what you want to do with it. Um, it's just defining that and setting it up in the right way um, to, to fit your business. Right, and sometimes when you give, but the problem with giving too many people too many choices, they don't make decisions and they stare at it for too long and consequently they don't use it the way it should be. So I caution it with, yeah, you got choices, but when you're going through implementation, pick one and go. Don't, you can waste a lot of time trying to figure out the different ways to do it. So. Um, there is flexibility, but with flexibility, there comes a little bit of, of I'll call it, uh, danger for lack of a lack of a better word. So, um, they, and they do have um, ability to do production, field data capture. I, I will just, uh, you know, the one thing we see out there with EMP companies, even though a product like Inertia or um, or P2 or an SAP or whatever it might be, they might have that production accounting capabilities. A lot of, I'll call it the production. Uh, Folks want to pick their own solution and pick something that's user friendly. In a lot of cases, they might use a ProCount or a um, Avocet or something like that to be their production alongside Inertia, which works just fine. You can do your allocations in in your in a separate and then roll it into Inertia, or you can do your allocations in Inertia, so you have got that choice. Exactly, and I, what I would say for both the field data capture and the the land and contracts Inertia's applications are they are, if you have very simple land processes, you're not going through a lot of acquisitions, um, you don't have uh, complex leases, or if you don't have complex production allocations, uh, these are perfectly fine. If you already have inertia, we would recommend going with these, but if you have co complexity to your process, um, just just take a look at that and make sure that as you're going through some sort of selection, you, you ask the questions of whether or not you may need something more complex and more specialized. Yeah, so those are the tier one solutions, and and so we'll move in. We're going to talk briefly, not too long, about the tier two solutions. Um, we've talked about P2 Bolo, we talked about an, a um, Excalibur, and then we talked about OG Sys. But there's three others that are out there that operate as independent companies. Um, one is Wolfpack, the other is Integra, and the other is Sureware. Um, just a couple comments, um, you know, and I'll comment briefly on Wolfpack. Um, surprisingly, Wolfpack over the past few years have, have put some money into the product and done some upgrades and modernized it and to, to a degree where they can offer a cloud-based solution and they've become a little more competitive, um, so they're putting more attention. I was concerned a few years ago, um, but not as concerned, and recently talked to some clients who use it. They're happy with it, no issues, but it, it's kind of, I'll call it your end-to-end -end tier two um, accounting and land solution for very very competitive to OG sys so very similar in in functionality as well as as kind of the market size that would be best fitted for a wolfpack application and then there's integra and sureware um you know it, it the only the, you know those are again two tier two um integra has that full suite common erp glap um revenue accounting etc sureware however is just more of a, a um, revenue jib 
um, with the core EMP accounting type um, solutions. So again, the Sureware piece, they market themselves as kind of a bolt-on to QuickBooks. So if you're that size company. Very simple. Yeah. Very, very simple, very small. So here's where we talked about kind of the major players, but we'd be remiss in not talking about, and again, this goes back to the chef special analogy here, um, other niche um, solutions that are out there. And, um, you know, there's a lot for production and AFE, um, drilling management, reserves and planning, and supply chain and marketing. And we'll talk briefly about a couple of those. But um, on, on the uh, production side, there are a, a couple other alternatives out there that companies should look at because a lot of companies just kind of take that best-in-breed approach when it comes to production, right, Katie? Exactly, and I think that production is so specific to the company itself that not one system is going to fit every every company, what their needs are. We've talked about the Merrick Suite, and we've talked about um, Inertia a little bit, um, but there's also Avocet, and Avocet is, is a Schlumberger product, and so with that there, of course, comes a price tag. Um, but Avocet is also a very um, proven application that does a, a great job, um, as well as Pelotons. Um, so Prodview is out there, um, and they have, of course, you know, the data capture, the analytics, allocations, and, and the surveillance. Um, and they, they're um, a little bit smaller, I would say, than Avocet and some of the other competitors. Um, but look at, you know, exactly what's what's right for your company. Yeah, and, and particularly with Peloton, with their, they've got strong production surveillance capabilities. I mean, you think about that. So if you're a company that has, um, let's say you're an operator in, in areas like uh, basins in, in California where you've got, it's almost like a manufacturing type process where you're really trying, or you're, um, you've got a lot of compression that you've got to uh, manage and, and that type of thing. Um, they're, again, they're a good um, good solution. Um, the other thing with Peloton, though, is, is, is the other applications that they have within their, their suite and the integration there. So site view, well view, um, and, and we'll talk about this in, in just a second as well. That's a good well. point. Yeah, um, right. They're integrated with Wellview, which is a leader in uh, drilling management exactly. software. So good point. And because you really want to look at managing your well um, well life cycle, that's it's, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then a new one on the on the on the horizon is this uh, water field. Um, don't know too much about them, but they're out there. They seem to be uh, get, getting some market attention. Yeah, we're thinking that they're, they're a spinoff of, of one of the bigger companies, and um, they have a couple applications, their production allocation um, application as well as, um, I, I believe they have an accounting and a land system as well. So keep an eye out for them. I, I think they're going to be on, on the, the upswing. Yeah, and then there's the marketing application. So if your company does market your own oil and gas, um, there's solutions like EMK3, um, Endor, which is more of an energy trading risk management platform, and then Allegro, um, logistics and trading and operations. Uh, if, again, if, you have, if you're marketing your own uh, oil and gas and you have some complex capabilities around managing your trading and that type of thing, these applications are excellent for that, and, and those are probably the two, top three major players out there. Um, if you don't, then you're probably not even going to mess Excel with is just <laughs> fine. Yeah. A lot of companies are still using Excel for their marketing needs, especially with a simple, if you only have one or two contracts or one or two purchasers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the one that's most interesting lately is probably the supply chain piece. And a lot of um, 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 major independents and even the majors are looking at um, better supply chain capabilities because that's really, I mean, if you think about the life of a well and production decline curves, managing your supply chain, your costs, are um, becoming a high priority. And a lot of companies historically had um, Ariba, which years ago was bought by SAP. It's a separate module from SAP. Um, Ariba is really good at the, uh, the sourcing, um, vendor catalog um, capabilities, and, and, and probably the, the uh, big player in the market. However, um, we've heard some mixed reviews um, around their complexities. Um, even though they are the largest, largest user base and that type of thing, um, they they are complex. Um, they are expensive to run and operate, and a lot of companies have kind of stuck to the core capabilities of their ERP system to do to integrate vendor catalogs, integrate the uh, sourcing analytics and that type of thing, and use other things. But Ariba's out there again, expensive, um, nice, robust solution, but it, and it's part of the SAP P um, uh, company. Um, we also have, um, which is previously, OilDex has a, a suite of applications that are, are kind of in the supply chain um, 
department, Oilvex recently rebranded or, or was acquired by Drillinfo, which have rebranded to Inveris. So E N V E R U S Inveris. Yeah, and and we they've I mean they're doing a lot. They're probably one of the fastest growing companies in the industry right now from a technology standpoint. And Open Invoice and Open Ticket are very strong proven solutions that we've seen throughout the the industry. Right, so it's got the catalog capability, but here's the nice thing about Open Invoice and Open Ticket. One of the big issues that companies have is I've got I've got oil wells all over the place. They need to be serviced. I've got service companies. Um, sending me invoices, and I get these piles of invoices, and i got to match them to work tickets and figure out who did the work and where and how. Um, the whole open ticket solution basically provides that electronic capability all the way from creating the work ticket and paying the invoice and having a streamlined process so that I'm not that, that you know your service companies aren't chasing your company man down for every invoice, and you can basically tie it back to and have that information that gives you your your um, supply chain metrics and performance information that you need. So it's a very nice solution for the industry. And frankly, go to any uh, here's a here's a nice thing about it. Just about every every service company out there has a customer that uses open ticket or open invoice. So if you're an EMP company and you go to your customers and say, hey, we need you to implement this um, or integrate it, it, it's not a big deal because they already have it. So I definitely, um, this should be, solution should be on the list for every um, EMP company of reasonable size. And it's very intuitive. I mean, the front, the, the front end of Open Invoice and Open Ticket is very user-friendly, <clears throat> and, and especially working with um, both the field guys and the, the back office. I mean, everybody has the opportunity to, to really get in there and, and understand it and enjoy it. And, and they're specific to the oil and gas industry frankly. I mean, so that's what's nice about it. They know the industry, they know the business, and implementation is not that expensive. It's nowhere near as expensive as putting in a Reba or something like that. Uh, a third one that's showing up on the market is Smart GEP. Um, they kind of have a marketing, I'm sorry, manufacturing industrial background. Um, they are very strong in kind of OCR technology, optical character recognition. I'll just make a comment about that. Um, given solutions like Open Ticket and Open Invoice, it makes OCR technology somewhat antiquated, even though it's a, a relatively new technology. OCR um, is, but I just I, I look at the market today and, and go, I'm not sure that's going to be something that changed my mind. But they've got strong sourcing, vendor catalog management capabilities out of the manufacturing world, very scalable, um, new to the oil and gas industry, but definitely someone that should be on your short list. Um, that's Smart GEP. Um, let's let's move on to um, enterprise asset management. Um, this is always interesting, right? Um, if you think about a lot of the um, exploration and production companies that are operating in more mature environments where they have a significant number of assets that they're managing and owning that are, um, it be it sub, uh, subsurface all the way to your um, compression, to your, um, I'll call it, uh, your, uh, any, any type of delivery mechanisms, all the way to your meters or any type of uh, equipment that you have, managing that equipment is becoming more and more important today. Yeah, not man not only managing just the inventory of that equipment, and, and this isn't the fixed asset side of things. This is that the physical equipment and, and the preventative maintenance there. So understanding what you have available and then also understanding um, how you can get the most out of that asset. Um, we're seeing right now N4 and IFS are, are the two um, leading providers that we've seen in the industry. Um, and, and in for first, we we've seen um, a lot of capabilities around what they can do. Um, it, it's pretty cool the pricing structure that they have in place and, and having the um, vendors so so using in for EAM as possibly a work order system on top of the asset management application itself. Right, right. And the nice thing about a work order system within within your enterprise asset management solution is being able to. Um, have better predictability and visibility into your costs. So, for example, um, I've got to go in and replace a compressor every uh, two years, and it costs me a certain amount to do that. And I might need to replace some other equipment alongside that. I know what that costs and what that's going to be. Um, so many times, um, an engineer will come in or a, um, a, a, a pumper will come in to their supervisor and say, hey, we need to um, replace some pipe, um, an XYZ, um, section da 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 da, and they say that's oh, going to be three thousand bucks to do it. Well, they get the job done and it's seven thousand bucks, and they might say, "Well, wait a minute, why did we spend that money? What happened? How come these solutions?" Who proved this? Right, right. How did? Yeah. 
Well, these asset management solutions and work order solutions are very nice and be able to put work orders together and look at history and be able to have some predictability. And then, and you mentioned the preventative maintenance mm -hmm. side and Infor is an excellent solution. This other one is IFS. Now, Infor and IFS are both, they provide ERP solutions around other stuff, but um, Infor has a lot of products, but their EAM solution is a nice standalone product for the oil and gas industry. IFS is kind of an interesting um, uh, I'll call it option for companies. Um, they have a very strong asset management, um, enterprise asset management work order capabilities in oil and gas. In addition to that, they have a very nice core ERP system. Um, so frankly, if you're sitting there going, well, I really like P2, but I don't like Oracle, or I don't want to want to have to spend as much on SAP, I want a nice, um, I'll say internationally oriented or fit for purpose ERP solution that has asset management capabilities like an SAP. Well, Infor, I mean, I'm sorry, IFS is a great um, alternative, and I would definitely um, put them on your short list of ERP solutions for, uh, or call it EMP solutions for your uh, business. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about AFE. I mean, that's um, Katie, maybe uh, <laughs> what's yeah, your thoughts so around that? I mean, we've seen very predominantly in the industry um, a lot of our clients moving to AFE Navigator. So um, some, depending, again, if you're a very simple um, company, you may be able to manage all of the AFE processing manually or, or some through some sort of in-house spreadsheets. Exactly. Um, but if you're looking for a mo more robust solution, AFE Navigator is, is great. They were recently acquired by Cerna. And they um, have the ability not only to collect the capital expenditure data, um, the approvals, the workflows, and, and uh, get that AFE set up. They can also send out AFEs to partners. And then once the AFE is fully approved, it integrates really well with both you know, like a well view, like a, a drilling information management system, and it, of course your, your ERP um, to bring in actual costs. So you have your budget and you want to see how much have I spent to date. You should be able to see that in AP Navigator in order to do a lot of the planning activities. Um, there's, it's very um, user friendly, but it's also very configurable to, to meet whatever need um, you have at your company. Yeah, and, and, and I know we sound like we're selling AFE Navigator, but frankly, <laughs> Um, managing workflows, managing the budget, managing an estimate to complete, and having that, I'll call it, seamless view into from all the way from um, the, the drilling prospect and request all the way through to the actual completion, um, approvals, expenditures, budgets, forecasts. Accrual uh, is along the way. I yeah. mean, it, it's great for the accounting aspect, too, to see what have I spent to date. Um, so I, I have the ability to look monthly for my accrual process. Yeah, and and really, there's not a competitor out there that's kind of a standalone. And the the competitors are the AFE solution that comes with Quorum, the AFE solution that comes with SAP, so on and so forth. But if you look at our client base, it doesn't. Those AFE solutions are more generic. They're not built for the oil and gas industry, where I I've got partners involved. I've got different steps in the process. I've got to manage the well life cycle around that and the accruals and that type of thing. And not only that, but getting getting your operations, your managers, your your field admin into your ERP to do approval on AFEs is not necessarily ideal. Those ex those licenses are much more expensive than a license to AFE Navigator. So from a user perspective, it makes more sense to have your users going into a separate application for those activities. Yeah, and the only other um, really what we see is DocView out there. They're more of a workflow solution for your, um, and they market it as an AFE solution board. It's around workflow and approvals of, of documents and that type of thing that's used in more, I'll call it mid-sized, smaller EMP companies. So I don't want to dismiss them as they're out there too as, a, as, as certainly a viable alternative for your smaller type companies that want to have traceability, approvals, and the like through your um, documents on AFEs, with AFEs, right? And not just for AFEs. I mean, they, you can do any sort of approval that you have within your organization, if that's journal entries or expense reports, anything like that. Um, DocView is a, a good, solid solution as well. That's right. And then um, <coughs> drilling management, and we don't need to talk too much about this, but because we, we talked about this earlier, um, it, this is really managing your, uh, uh, your, your drilling progress, drilling costs, on a daily level, and having that integrated, you know, back to your 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 work, your work orders, having that in integrated back to your uh, core accounting system, but then um, so there's really two um, 
main players out there. One's Wellview, and um, which we um, we talked about earlier, owned by by Peloton, and the other one is OpenWells, which um, owned by Halliburton. Both very good solutions out there. Um, really, your engineers are probably going to have an opinion about which one they like better. Um, and certainly, um, a, a Wellview is a great solution, particularly if you're using um, the uh, Peloton's other production type systems. And integrations for both uh, applications are very good. I, I will um, just warn make sure that you set it up correctly from the beginning. It is simple and it's easy to set up. And so if you hand it to a user to get set up, you're, you're setting the precedent for how everybody else is going to use it. So do it right up front um, and then use that application as it's intended. Yeah, I, we've it's seen a couple, anything. along those lines, it's a good point, Katie. We've seen some companies not really get a good view on what information they want to get out of it and they just kind of rush into setting it up and then they can't get the um, can't go drilling back. reports that they want mm -hmm. and they're having to re-implement. So really make, have a good understanding up front on that. Um, the last play, uh, thing we're going to talk about, reserves and planning. Um, two major players out there, and we're really talking about your um, putting in your uh, production plan, uh, lease operating expense, forecasting that, and basically looking at your production decline curves and um, whether it's new acquisitions that you're throwing in there and doing your uh, um, economic scenario analysis and looking at your reserves and how that kind of comes into play and calculating that based upon forecast production, acquisitions, divestitures, um, and any, any type of activity you're doing out in the field. And really, um, you've got ARIES, um, which seems to be um, adopted by a lot of larger um, major independents, which is a, it's a Halliburton product. And then uh, PhD Wind also is a competitor too, um, which uh, is, is also out there. Katie, I don't know if you have any comments yeah. about those two. But. PhD Wind is, is a little smaller, both good, good products. And honestly, similar to marketing, if you have very small or very simple reserves and planning processes. Um, I mean, these are also applications that can, or processes that can be maintained outside of any application if needed. Yeah, and, and largely um, a lot of companies will end up putting a business intelligence tool on top of this that'll pull my ARIES information in, maybe pull in my drilling information management in, also my financials together, and they're usually using something like a Power BI or a Spotfire or something like that, but those are or a Tableau or something along those lines to actually do my analytics on top of all these type of systems. Which right. that's a whole other conversation. Is business? We'll have to write that one next. Yeah, we'll work on that one next. But um, you know, again, it's this was uh, a lot of information. We have this summarized in our 2019-2020 state of the um, exploration and production accounting systems. Handbook, which can be found if you go to Trinity.com and then go to the bottom and go to Handbooks, um, you can get your uh, free version of that. Um, and if you have any questions in the meantime, don't hesitate to email us, uh, Katie or myself, at info at Trinity.com and glad to answer any type of questions. Uh, please um, rate our uh, podcast and let us know what you think. Thank you, and we appreciate you listening. Thank you.